What up, world? It's your past first point guard and Blazer beat writer, Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is going to be about Kobe Bryant, an NBA legend who passed away suddenly on Sunday in a helicopter accident. He was traveling to a travel girls basketball tournament with probably what's going to end up being his 13-year-old daughter and several of her teammates and their parents. We don't have all the info yet of how it happened. We do know that Kobe passed away at 41 and so did Gigi, his 13-year-old daughter. It was a very strange day in the NBA. This news came out at about noon Pacific time just before the Rockets and Nuggets took the floor. There was some sort of open speculation that the NBA might cancel the games. And I believe they would have if the timing had been a little bit different, if there hadn't been a stadium full of people in Denver waiting to watch an NBA game that was about 70 minutes away from tip-off, maybe less. And it was a strange day in the arena at the Moda Center. There was an undeniable heaviness, a weight over the fans, over the players. This is believable when a legend like Kobe Bryant passes away. So what I want to do in this episode is I want to play you sound from the Blazers locker room. There was no pregame availability uh, across the league, NBA teams allowed their players to not have... There's usually 30 minutes of media availability prior to games, and they cancel that at games across the league. And that was to not force NBA players to have to sort of publicly process the death of their friend, of their former colleague, for many of them their childhood idol, in real time with the media. Personally, I think that was a good idea. Uh... I think we hold athletes and public figures to a sort of a higher standard during these traumatic times, and we ask them to collect their thoughts and come speak to us and all these things. And certainly we want to hear from these people, but doing it pregame seemed like too much. It was, it would have been three or four hours, maybe a little longer, four or five hours after the news broke. That's unfair to these guys. After the game, though, Carmelo Anthony, Damian Lillard, and CJ McCollum all spoke to the media about what Kobe Bryant meant to them, their relationship to them. So that's what I want to play for you during this episode. I want to start with Carmelo Anthony's audio. Spoke to reporters and was very emotional after the game. Him and Kobe Bryant had a really close relationship, and it was... As difficult an interview as you'll have to do in a locker room. Talking to someone about a close friend passing away is a real challenge. And I applaud Mello for speaking, being brave enough to speak to the media. He certainly didn't owe us that, but he chose to. So what you're about to hear now is his session with the media right after the Blazers beat the Indiana Pacers. This probably was a... Uh probably the hardest game I ever had to play. Uh, 
just um I don't know. Whew. Oh, it was tough. It was tough. Why did you play? Um I think <clears throat> honestly knowing him, the way that I know him, he, he would have wanted me to play. How do you know him? Did you elaborate like yeah, I don't. I, I don't really want to get into to that. That's 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 too much for me right now. But you guys were teammates on the Olympic team for one thing, right? Yeah, it was that. Our, our friendship and relationship was was deeper than basketball. It was, it was, <clears throat> it was family. It was a friendship. It was basketball was the the last uh, piece of connective tissue between us two. Can you maybe explain where you were when you found out? Yeah, I was in the I was in the bed with my son. Uh, my wife called me crying. Uh, you know, people that's close to the family called me. Uh, and it was it was you know at that point it was everything just kind of went numb, dark. Uh, basketball for me was the furthest thing you know, on my mind today. I think I saw you a couple times on the bench and just look you know the hood on. Not really. Were you going away from the game at times? Yeah, I was. Uh, I had to. I had, <clears throat> excuse me. I had to. I had to like pull myself back in and check back in uh, emotionally because I, I wasn't there today. Was there a point today when you thought about maybe not playing? I mean, I, I didn't even think about basketball today, to be honest. Uh, I just, I just knew that it was. Uh, I had to do it. Uh, you know, this is my job, my profession, and I'm, I'm sure he would have, he would have wanted me to play. So. When was the last time you guys spoke or spent time together? Uh, we just went to dinner uh, in, in New York. Uh, talked to him a couple of days ago. Uh, we was talking about the Laker game this week coming up, him coming. So it's tough. It's tough. So you guys had plans to connect in LA. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was going to come to the games, you know, support. Uh, like I said, our, our, our friendship is deeper than, mm-hmm. you know, kind of telling stories and basketball-related. It's, it's deeper than that. Right. You had a 24-second violation of Tom that way. What that mean to you? It was, I mean, that was a, that was a, a, a big gesture uh, for the league to, you know, to take that stance. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think there's going to be enough that, that, that we can do to show, our, to show our condolences and our support. Uh, the biggest thing is, especially for me, and it's, it's, it's his family, his other daughters, his wife, uh, and it, the people that was close to him. You know, that's that's what we have to worry about now. At the end of that uh, interview, someone asked Melo about the 24-second violations. Uh, the Pacers and Blazers started the game. Uh, the Pacers let Portland win the tip. And the Blazers intentionally took a 24-second shot clock violation, giving the ball back to the Pacers, who then intentionally took a 8-second backcourt violation. Kobe wore 24-8 and eight during his playing career. It was a way for teams to, for the two teams to honor him. Uh, other teams throughout the day took those 24-second violations to begin the game. It was something that happened across the league. Uh, started with Toronto and San Antonio very early in the day. Uh, shortly, short, that was one of the early afternoon Sunday games, shortly after the news broke. In the second segment, I want to play you a little more audio from the locker room. Uh, my point here by playing this audio is not to 
And if you are not a fan of Kobe Bryant or you dislike Kobe Bryant, the human, I understand that. I don't want to litigate him as a player or a person. Uh, You are entitled to your opinion there. What I want to do by playing this audio is just illustrate how much he clearly means to his peers and colleagues in the league. So in the second segment, I want to play some audio from Damian Lillard discussing his relationship with, with Kobe Bryant, what Bryant has done for him, and the challenges that Dame faced in this game. So that's what we'll do in the second segment. All right. You heard from Carmelo Anthony. I want to, as I mentioned, play some Damian Lillard audio. This is after the game. Damian Lillard is on an absolute tear basketball-wise. He had 50 points tonight, 13 assists. He was the best player on the floor. He is playing at the highest level we've ever seen him play at. I will talk about that in the future. Today's episode was supposed to be about Trevor Ariza and Damian Lillard playing on another level, but news and life and tragedy happens. Uh, This is, I think it's important to uh, reflect on this moment, both because uh, Kobe Bryant's very important to the league and also because there are emotional things NBA players deal with. The games keep going. The Blazers play again on Wednesday. They play Friday. They play Saturday. The games keep going. But the challenges that they emotionally deal with at work can be drastic. And this is an example of that. So here's a little audio from Damian Lillard discussing his relationship with Kobe Bryant and the what playing in this game was like. Take a listen. I mean, we, we talked about it before the game. Coach just said that, um, you know, obviously it's a tough situation for everybody, you know, that had to play today, especially the ones that um, was, you know, friends with Kobe and that um, had a, a real relationship with him. And we got two guys in our locker room who were really close friends with him. And, you know, then guys like myself and CJ who actually had a friendship with him and was familiar with him. So, um, and we're not the only ones. There's, I'm sure there's a few guys on each team who, who feel the same and um, also guys that um, looked up to him and, you know, who he, he's their hero and coaches that he played against and that he played for. It's just um, the referees included. I mean, they everybody, you know, had, felt the way today, you know, and was hurt today. Um, but... You know, we had to, to carry on. So um, I think it was it was the right decision for us to go out there and compete in his honor. You know, I think that's what he would have wanted. Um, and I just think that was um, what was on everybody's mind. Obviously, throughout the game, you think about it. And like I said earlier after the game, in timeouts and just random dead moments of the game, you um, he's on he's on your mind um, because it's just such an unfortunate, sad situation. But um, it was a, just a tough game to play as far as, you know, your energy and where you're your heart is, to, to say the least. Dame, you had mentioned pregame that you didn't know how you guys were going to go out there and play. How did you, was it, like, what, did you put it behind you or did you use it? Like, no, nah, I mean, I didn't, I wouldn't say I used it or put it behind me. I just kind of um, played the game. You know, once the game started and fouls started getting called, they, you know, teams making shots, it kind of just turned into like a game and it was almost like an escape. And like I said, just in those moments where 
Um, you sitting on a bench and longer time out, and you just sitting there randomly, you know, came in my mind a few times where I was just like, man, you know, that's, that really happened. And um, I think that was it, you know, but um, just play the game, just try to get lost into the game. You said that you and Coach had become friends. What, what was it about your relationship that you were reflecting on today? Um, just the fact that, you know, he was gone. You know, it just seemed unbelievable. Like, just, it couldn't possibly be true. Um, but I, the thing that, that stands out to me the most is just how every time I ever reached out to him, every time I, you know, tried to speak with him, he got back to me. You know, he would text back, he would call back. And, you know, to think about it, like, he's, he's Kobe Bryant. You know, how many people are pulling his leg and trying to reach out to him and get in touch with him? How many players? You know, so that was that was just special to me. You know, somebody I grew up, looked up to and, and cheered for and became one of his peers and got to know him and, you know, became friends with him. So it's, you know, I think about it now because I'm like, you know, you, every, we all take uh, every day for granted sometimes. You just expect to wake up and go to sleep and wake up and go to sleep. And um, it's, you know, that's not the way it is. You know, things happen. So this is really um, unfortunate. Is there a memory of playing against him that stands out to you? Uh, I think, I mean, the very first game of my career was against Kobe. Uh, Halloween night, 2012, and they came in, they had, you know, Dwight, Powell, Kobe, Steve Nash, Anton Jameson, and I mean, I don't get, I don't really get nervous, you know, and get butterflies and stuff like that, but I walked on the court and I was just like, you know, that's Kobe over there, so I mean, I always have that memory, um, and even his last game. I remember we had a game the night they played their last game, and we was keeping track of what he was doing, you know, at, at the arena. Um, so it's it just it just shows how much of a legend you know that he is. Your rookie year too, I think it was one of your last games. You and we him back and forth. Yeah, that was the game before he got hurt. Yeah, we had a lot of guys sit out and. Um, Best player I ever played against. I mean, I don't know what else to say. I think Damian Lord puts it in a good perspective there, calling Kobe Bryant the best player he ever played against. Uh, this generation of basketball players grew up idolizing Kobe Bryant. He was the face of the league, kind of for most of their lives. He came into the league in 1996. By the time Dame joined the league, Kobe had been in for 17 seasons. He had won five championships. Uh, I think LeBron is certainly the face of the league now and a better basketball player, but for this generation of players for dames peers kobe was the guy he was the guy and it's undeniable and that that plays into to i think a lot of the emotions that were going in is that this is not just a great guy in the league this is a guy that 
was part of a lot of this generation's childhood. Uh, Carmelo, that you heard the, the audio in the first segment, he's a little older, five or six years older. He's he's closer to Kobe's peer. Kobe was 41, Melo's 35, but they're closer to peers. For Dame, this is like a, this was an elder statesman in the league, someone who in many ways passed the baton to him. I think that certainly plays into the way these guys feel about Kobe is that he was he was their generation's Michael Jordan for lack of a better description in the third segment I want to close out the show playing you more audio like I said I just I want to take you to the locker room and have you hear and feel that emotion that came out of this game the Blazers rolled over the Indiana Pacers the the they played their probably their best offensive game of the season. Uh, the Pacers were without a bunch of players, and Portland held them off because Dame was brilliant. But this this wasn't about the basketball. This was about the emotions. So in the third segment, I want to come back and play you more of those, more of that audio to give you more of that sort of emotional connection to what this night meant for the Blazer players. But before I do that, I want to tell you guys about advertising on this podcast. If you've been a listener to this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Lockdown Podcasts to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Lockdown Blazers is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Trailblazers fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Lockdown Blazers gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And not just any podcast listener, a Locked On Blazers podcast listener. If your company wants to reach and connect with Blazer fans, then let's put your company right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local fans love to support local businesses. Here's what you do. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 333 777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. All right. So we heard from Carmelo Anthony. We heard from Damian Lillard. The final interview I want to play for you to close out the show is CJ McCollum. He spoke about his family's love for Kobe Bryant and the challenges of mourning a loved one or an important figure during the NBA season. I think it's a really important point he makes is that the NBA is going to march forward the same way life marches forward. You just, you don't have time to really stop and appreciate things and a death, a sudden death, a tragic death can put things in perspective. So here's CJ discussing Kobe Bryant's passing. It was tough. Uh, It was an emotional day and not just for me, but uh, I really feel for my teammates, uh, Melo, Trevor Reese, the relationship they had with Kobe. I knew Kobe. Um, we had a decent relationship to where we would talk when we seen each other, but I, I'm just thankful that I was able to express um, yeah, my life, um, basketball, my work ethic, my approach, um, my brother's approach, you know, our whole family. You know, we were all Kobe fans, and I always tell people he was the guy that I was afraid to meet, you know, him and Michael Jordan. I knew LeBron growing up, so um, although he's like Mount Rushmore great, Kobe was the one I didn't really know, so that was the guy I was afraid to meet. So um, that really hurt um, just to see, you know, the, the reception across the country, how many 
lives he impacted from people that didn't even know him. Uh, I think that, that shows you how special he was outside of basketball. And I just pray uh, for his wife and his, his family because only Lord knows what they're going through right now. Is there a memory you have with him? I know you guys had a pretty good relationship but recently that sticks out. Um, just everything, the conversations we had during games. Um, I got to sit down and talk with him at the SPs a few years ago. Whiteside was there as well. And just uh, his, his hunger for basketball, his knowledge for the game was, was unbelievable. So I would always pick his brain about work ethic and stuff. And uh, one, of the, one of the things you know, that I'm most proud of is uh, he, gave, he gave a quote for Slam Magazine when I was on the cover. And I didn't know he was going to do it, so I thought that was cool. Um, but it's just, it's just a really sad time for the basketball community in the world outside of that um, to, to have to you know, mourn his loss, you know, a tragic loss that just kind of catches people off guard, I think is, is devastating um, and, and something that I don't think we'll ever come back from. Was it, in a way, nice to just play basketball, just have some normalcy? Man, it's, it's, it sucks, man, because there's no time to mourn. And, I mean, me personally, I'll be all right. But like his people that played with him, like his real close friends, you know, like Trevor played with him, Melo, like they're really good friends. Kyrie, that was like his main mentor. Um, it's, it's it's tough because we got games every other day. They'll never really truly be able to mourn and, and just kind of like step away. So it's it's sad to um, to understand and know that. But we just gotta try to support each other the best we can. This was one of the most difficult NBA games I probably had to cover. I've been in the arena for some catastrophic injuries for the Blazers and some some tough nights. Uh, the night after Paul Allen passed comes to mind. But this one is... This was so sudden and such a... Such a tragic thing just because of... Not just because it was unexpected, because of the details, like I mentioned at the top of this podcast, that are going to come out and make this even harder to, to stomach. And I think, I really think that Mello and Dame and CJ did a really good job of expressing the challenges of a night like this. I, I, I really appreciate and respect their ability to put this into context. So that's why I wanted to play you this audio for this episode, because I think they give you a sense of the challenge, and they also give you the sense that they're humans. They're they're people. These are these are people experiencing the world much like we do. They're just very good at basketball. So I hope you got something out of this episode. I hope I hope it wasn't too emotionally challenging for you if if this was a day or a, or a moment that has challenged you. I hope this this podcast could uh, could help more than it hurts. There's more basketball to be played for the Blazers, but today wasn't a day to talk about basketball. So I appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.